0: Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. Let us pray. Eternal God, you draw near to us in Christ, and you make yourself our guest. Amid the cares of our lives, make us attentive to your presence, that we may treasure your word above all else, through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. You may be seated.
1: The first reading July 21st is uh, taken uh, the sixth Sunday after Pentecost, and it is taken from Genesis 18, 1 uh, to 1.10. The Lord appeared to Abraham by the oaks of Mamre. Ma- he sat at the entrance of his tent in the heat of the day. Abraham looked up and saw three men standing near him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent entrance to meet them and bowed down to the ground. And he said, My Lord, if I find favor with you, do not pass by your servant. Let a little water be brought, and wash your feet, and rest yourselves under the tree. Let me bring a little bread, that you may refresh yourselves, and after that you may pass on, since you have come to your servant. So they said, Do as you have said. And Abraham hastened into the tent to Sarah, and said, Make ready quickly three measures of choice flour, knead it, and make cakes. Abraham ran to the herd and took a calf, tender and good, and gave it to the servant who hastened to prepare it. Then he took curds and milk and the calf that he had prepared and set it before them, and he stood by them under the tree while they ate. Then uh, they said to him, Where is your wife Sarah? And he said, they are in the tent. Then one said, I will surely return to you in due season, and your wife Sarah shall have a son. The word is the Lord. Be
0: to God. Please stand as you are able. Today's gospel readings from the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 10, starting at verse 38. Now, as Jesus and his disciples went on their way, he entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks, so she came to Jesus and asked, "'Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me.' But the Lord answered her, "'Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things.' There, there is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Let us pray. Lord, we're so grateful that we can gather even in this heat, where we can um, study and hear your word, sing praises to you and to worship you. We ask you, Lord, at this time, as we always do, to open our hearts, our minds, so that the words that are spoken has the power to transform us and make us greater disciples according to your will. In your name we pray. Amen. So in today's Gospel text, it's rather interesting, today's Gospel text is a story of um, two ladies going um, to... um, um, are here and listening to Jesus. They invited Jesus over, and they have this amazing opportunity to uh, have this auspicious guest be with, him, be with them. And so Juan, of course, sees the importance of this and is doing everything she can to prepare for the feast or whatever it is that she's doing, and that's Martha. And then there's Mary, who is so enthralled by her, their guests that she just sits there and is just listening to every word that he speaks, and um, I think I might be the, depending who it is, you know, I might be the latter, be more like Mary. I'm sure we can see each, uh, each of us in one of those characters. Are we the worker, or are we the, um, the person who sits at, this, uh, at the feet of Jesus? Many times, people have preached on this as talking about law and gospel. We have talked about anxiety and and. Um, and comfort in Christ, but I want to take a little different route. You know, this text, what Jesus says to uh, Martha, is actually fascinating. It, it's not something unique that Jesus is saying. Jesus is re- harking back to um, uh, to the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, there perhaps the most important verse in all of Judaism is known as the Shema, and the word Shema. In Hebrew means hear, and that's the first word of the most important verse and text in all of Judaism. And that's from Deuteronomy 6.5, where it starts with, Hear, O Israel. You may have heard me quote that. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is one. I once heard a rabbi, a theologian, who said that perhaps the most important thing in all of Judaism is the act of listening. He said that all of Judaism comes down to that one word, to the Shema. To the word listen, to hear. Hear, O Israel. That no matter what they want to do, no matter where they end up, that if they listen to the word of God, they will get to where they need to be and they will be God's people. But it all starts with the act of listening. And so, Jesus is hearkening back to that when he sees Martha and he says, Martha, you, mean you you know what the Jewish faith is. You know what God expects of you, is to hear, is to listen. And what Mary has done is that she has got it. She understands it. And so instead of worrying about all the things that can distract us in this world, what's important is focusing on what is being spoken, what is being said, studying the word. And that is so important for us today because there's so much that distracts us. I mean, I don't, I don't know how many times I preach to all of us and I see people playing on their phones. You know, they probably have good reasons. It might be bad sermon. Who knows, right? Or maybe something emergency. But even when we're home, there's always something to distract us from something more important. One of the big problems, you can't go to sleep, some of us, because we're playing on our phones and so forth. There's just so many other things. When we, when we should be writing something, we're distracted by Netflix, perhaps. When we need to be um, working on our finances, we're distracted by kids. There are so many things that can distract us. And what Christ is saying is, let those things be and be focused on God, on him, on his word. And what I find also fascinating is in this world, the most popular book that's ever been bought is the Bible. But it's often the least read book ever. And the vast majority of Lutherans sitting in the pews in America today have barely know their faith. They barely know the Bible. It keeps me in business, thank goodness, but it's a sad commentary because if we all knew our texts, it would be an amazing thing. But then the other thing is, even some of us who do know our text, we don't always know what it means. We don't study the word. We read it, and then we use it when it's convenient for us. And so what Christ has invited us numerous times is to not just only to hear, but to study and to learn. This is the beginning of discipleship. This is the beginning of our spiritual faith in God. In God, in Christ. Because back in the Old um, Testament, in the, with the Shema, what God is saying is that nothing can be done without us understanding what he is saying. That's why everything begins with, Hear, O Israel. Hear, O Israel. The Lord is one. And so, therefore, we can't be authentic, faithful Christians if we don't study the Word, and we don't explore what the Word means. And we don't if we don't read the word. The tragedy is so many things in our world distracts us so that we can never fully get as much time as we'd like. There are days when I wish I could be a monk in a monastery where you're fed to just you know day in and day out so that you can just sit and study God's Word. Some of the great writings of the world have come from. Monks and theologians whose only job is just to go through and scour the words. One of the early church fathers, Clement of Alexandria, he was one of these amazing brains of the early church. And he spoke of what it meant to be a disciple of Christ. And for him, the perfect person was someone who ran out into the desert and who lived in the cave and who removed all distractions of the world so that he or she could fully study the Word of God. Well, not all of us are called to do that, but all of us are called to find ways in which we can study the Word of God, find ways where we can remove the distractions enough so that we can spend time in studying. I have discovered that there are times when I literally have to just walk away from the house and go to St. John's and just sit in that quiet office in the middle of the day because at the parsonage it's just too much to distract me. There are times when I find I have to go as far away from everything I know so that I can just completely dwell on the Word. There have been times when I've had to go to um, the Milton State Park I've had to just go on walks so that I can just let the word sink. Even when I do work at home thinking I can just meditate and chew and uh, on the word, I'm still distracted to the point where I can't fully he- think and hear what God is saying. And so I invite you, what do we what can we do? What are the ways in which we individually can find time to study the word? Can we be a church where All of us know our Bibles, know our faith, know what Martin Luther stood for, what Lutheranism is. You know, it was so bad that back in 2008, the ELCA, our denomination, started a thing called the Book of Faith Initiative, in which they pushed the entire denomination, all the churches, to spend five years in serious uh, study And they published different types of Bibles. They published every sort of um, resources they think the average person in America would need. And then in 2015, they did a study and they discovered that where in 2007, when they did the last study, they discovered that 83% of Lutherans in America did not know the entire lineup of of, of the gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which is mind-boggling. When they did that again, most of them still didn't know it. It was frustrating. And the reasons for it all was that people just didn't have the time. They didn't know how to find the time. And so for us, the challenge for us is to become more like Mary and not be like Martha. How do we find time to sit at the feet of Christ? How do we find time to sit with our Bibles, to listen to the words of theologians? And my understanding... My way of doing it, and I invite you to really explore this, is to perhaps remove ourselves, if we can, from the distractions of our lives, from things inside our house, and going to foreign places, like a river bank, wherever it may be, and to study. I have friends, colleagues, I mean, who go to other people's churches and sit in their sanctuary and study. And write their sermons. I have at least two pastors that have done that. Because to other people's churches, there's one thing about going to other people's churches is that it often gives you a different insight on on your faith because you're sitting in a foreign place. And number two, a sanctuary rarely gets used during the middle of the week. And so as a result, they know that they're safe in that place. And when they're at a different church, nobody knows to find them there. So they are unmolested. And so I invite you. Is there a place, a neutral place, a foreign place where we could find and discover the word of God? Is there a time where we can find in our day where we can dwell in the word? Is there a part of the Bible that makes you curious where we could read about, study in the year to come? Tell me and I will find a way to make it happen for us. But then more importantly, What happens when you study the Word of God is that there's a spirituality about you that improves, that deepens. And that's the biggest reason why Christ invites all his disciples, and really all of us today, to study the Word. Is that really, at the end of the day, it is about our spirituality. It is about our deepening Uh, walk with Christ. And when we start to walk with Christ, we start to see the world in different ways, which explains why these fishermen that Christ invited to be his disciples would give up not only their lives as fishermen, their known life, to walk into the unknown, and then after Christ ascended to heaven, they would go and give up their lives physically in every way possible for the promulgation of the faith to the point where they would die doing so. Because there is a deeper sense of spirituality that they have. And so when you have that deep sense of spirituality, the world becomes a whole new uh, vision, a whole new place. Uh, 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 You have a new understanding that nothing can get in the way. a, A vision in which you are now so connected with God that your mortal life doesn't even matter. There's a richness in that. So I invite you, if you want this deep, rich life, to find the time to find the place where we can sit at the feet of Christ and hear his words and listen to the instructions, to the wisdoms of this life. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we're so grateful that we can at this time and every time Find ways in which we can deepen our walk with you. Allow us, Lord, that as we walk together, that you continue to mold us and make us make us new, so that we can see the world as you intended it, not as we are seeing it, through all the distractions, through all of the various lenses that we put upon our lives. So that the needs of this world are visible to us and that we and be your hands and feet in serving your people and finding ways to bring about your kingdom. Help us to do so, Lord, and help us to find ways in which we can get deeper with you. In your name we pray. Amen. Let us confess our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting amen joining our voices with god's people around the world let us offer our prayers for those in need lord we lift up to you today this very warm day all those who are seeking comfort in coolness we lift up to you o those are struggling with the heat, primarily the elderly and those who are sick, Lord, watch over them, help them to persevere through this in whatever way that can be done. Lord, we lift up to you the one family yesterday whose father died swimming in the creek as they were trying to find ways to keep themselves cool. Lord, we lift up to you. All those who have to work in this heat, from roofers to farmers, people who work with children, those who are outside in any way, police officers, allow them all, Lord, to be able to find sources of strength, water, replenishment. Lord, we lift up to you those who are not able to be with us today because they're vacationing and are with families, and we ask you to bless them as they are doing so. Watch them on the roads as they travel and protect them and bless them with their, in their times with their families and friends. Lord, we lift up to you all those who find ways to study your word, walk by faith and by your wisdom, That road often can be tough and rough, but Lord, give them the courage and the strength and the perseverance. Lord, we lift up to you all those who are not able to be with us because they're recovering from various illnesses and are those who are members of our church and our parish. We especially lift up to you Herman, Bruce, Hulda, Christine, John, Eileen, Ray, Roger, Wilbur, Linda, Randy, Ed, Kay, Edna, Thelma. Carl and Carol. Lord, we're also grateful for all those who we once called this place their spiritual home. and We lift up to you John Reese today that he's able to join us in worship as he travels from a long distance. Bless him in his travel, bless him in this time that he can worship you in this familiar place and let him feel your presence evermore now. Lord, we lift up to you the mission of this congregation, that we continue to find ways in which you have called us so that we can continue to be relevant and focused on your work in this community, that as we continue to, to work through our vision, that you bless all of us who pursue it and those who are seeking ways in, ma- in making this congregation known to your community. Lord, we lift this and all the other prayers, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, Let's pray together the offertory prayer blessed are you O god for the greening earth given to all for the talents we are given to share and this bread and wine transform us to be the body of christ that feasting on this food and drink our lives may reflect your generosity to christ our lord amen the lord be with you lift up your hearts Let us give thanks to the Lord, our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, through our Savior, Jesus Christ. You call your people to cleanse their hearts and prepare with joy for the Paschal Feast that renewed in the gift of baptism, we may come to the fullness of your grace. Blessed are you, O God of the universe. Your mercy is everlasting, and your faithfulness endures from age to age. Praise to you You for creating the heavens and the earth. Praise to you for saving the earth and the waters of the flood. Praise to you for bringing the Israelites safe. May the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you always in his name. Amen. Let us pray. O God, in this holy communion, you have welcomed us into your presence nourished us with the words of mercy, and fed us at your table. Amid the cares of this life, strengthen us to love you with all our heart, serve our neighbors, and with a willing spirit and honor, the earth you have made. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. And now live your lives in Christ, rooted and built up in him, and abound in thanksgiving and the blessing of Holy Trinity, one God, be upon you and remain with you forever. Amen. Go in peace. Christ is sending you. Thanks be to God. Our closing hymn is in the Brown Hymnal number 474. Peace of the Lord be with you always. Also with you. Let us share that peace as we depart.